Welcome to Lattes and Lifting. Grab a coffee and join us as we chat all about food, fitness, and finding your freedom. Through this podcast, we will help you navigate the fitness world stress-free. Hello. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the pod. We are back together again after two solo episodes this week. Oh, by the way, Jill, I posted a solo today. I don't know if you saw it yet. I did. <laughs> you had a busy that. day today. <laughs> Couple solos. Hope you guys enjoyed um, hanging out with each of us individually. Yeah. It's always nice to do a little, a little solo episode. Um, but yeah, we're back today and we're chatting about our histories with fitness and what that kind of is. A brief history. Yes. <laughs> a documentary. Uh, but before we get into that, do you have a win or two for the week? Um, well, today I went on the first trail run of the year, which nice. is great because I'm doing a trail race in July. That's good to train um, on the... Yeah. I'm, well, it's been, it's been too wet. Um, so if you're listening and you're a trail runner or a mountain biker, stay off the trails if they're wet let's save the earth all that stuff um so that was good and it felt pretty good considering i so that gives me confidence that the type of training that i've been doing is working mm-hmm. um Love that. so that's always it's always a good feeling when you're like ah i'm doing the right things and um and an extra win because i don't do it very often i don't recommend it but i am coaching myself Mm-hmm. to this uh event which isn't something i do super often because i don't listen to myself very often <laughs> um and so that's always just a confidence booster um when uh, when things are going well yeah. as a coach and an athlete really. spoiler alert trainers don't really make the best clients <laughs> no we don't make our own good clients yeah no we don't we don't we don't make good clients we don't make good physio patients we (laughs) we don't make yeah we don't make good patients in any regard um we just know too you just know too much and it's not even and it's not even like i know more than said person it's just like i know how to loophole it and that's where the problems come yeah in. like if i like if my coach i'm working with right now programs something i don't want to do i'm like oh i'll just do this instead and i just like sub it but like you're not supposed to do that it's programmed the way yeah. it is for a reason yeah it would be better if we could just turn off our trainer brains and just follow yeah um, but... but i had that i don't think ethan listens to our podcast regularly guess we're about to find out if he does but i had a moment in the gym today where i was like i'm not gonna do that i was like i don't want to do that so i'm not gonna and like that's not how you're supposed to operate if any of my clients are listening do what i say not what i do but like that's the downside of being a trainer and following a program is you're like i'm just gonna switch this out real quick (laughs) yeah yeah it's hard it's hard especially when you're like doing a program that you're following not with like not under supervision so it's harder to do that like when i was going to crossfit it was like i just did what everybody else did because i wasn't gonna like modify something just for the sake of modifying it or not doing something but it got yeah. a little easier when i was pregnant because i had an excuse yeah <laughs> totally fair <laughs> anyways 
what's your uh <laughs> that please tell me that wasn't your win for the week <laughs> that i loopholed my program <laughs> no uh <laughs> my win is still in the gym this week me if you follow me on instagram um me and the gym haven't really been bffs this week we're having a little bit of a tough go at the gym monday i got there both my headphones are dead and then about halfway through my workout i realized there was a hole in my favorite pair of lulus um so tuesday i took the day off because i was like you know what we're gonna take a breather from the gym and then yesterday i went and my leg day literally almost murdered me like i couldn't hit my reps or my weight on anything and i was just getting frustrated because i would like down my weight and then still not hit my reps and there's nothing more frustrating than being like okay i even like adjusted the weight mm -hmm. and i still can't hit it so i threw a little temper tantrum in the gym and then today we went and we're making we made better friends at the gym today but my win is just like still going even though we're not really friends this week and i think like taking a rest day tuesday was important to give myself like a breather um thinking yesterday was going to be better it wasn't but it was just like a nice little reminder for myself that not every workout has to be your best and it's probably not going to be your best and like you'll survive and it'll be okay um but when you like take your training seriously and you're you expect yourself to perform a certain way in the gym it's always frustrating when you don't especially as a former athlete my competitive brain takes over a little so just like keeping myself in the gym finishing my workouts getting yeah. myself there has been my win <laughs> this week i i just had this conversation today with a client and that was and my best advice was not every workout is going to be amazing and sometimes good enough mm -hmm. is good enough it's yeah. the consistency not the performance that these is the important part yeah. and it, i think if we move away from the expectation that every run feels amazing every lift feels phenomenal then yeah like and it all really comes back to expectation management but question what changed between yesterday and today did you like eat a bunch more did you sleep more did you hydrate better did anything well, change or was it just like the recovery from previous well they're completely different workouts like my upper body okay. day is like pretty chill not mm. super like intense not super high volume my leg day is just like actually rude like i have to do both one and a half rep <laughs> squats and sets of 15 deadlifts who why how we don't know but i do it every week and it's always Thanks, hard <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and it's always hard but i don't know what it was yesterday like i was just fighting with the gym and mm -hmm. some guy had a nice chuckle at me because i like dropped my weight from what I was using the week before, still only got eight reps and I like dropped my barbell through my wrist straps off and just like sat on the floor and some guy like laughed at me and I was like, I'm glad you're enjoying this. So I think it yeah. was just a complete shift in like the intensity of workouts. Um, and just, yeah, like a better, I worked out with my roommate today, yesterday I was there by myself. So a little bit mm. more a chill vibe. Um, a vibe check yeah and it was just nice to like have her there too being like just lift it and i was like oh right where yesterday i was just like i can't do anything it was one of those days in the gym so gotcha. but we did it and we made it and that's what i was kind of telling myself last night too like being frustrated i'm like jill 
I know your athlete competitive brain is kicking in, but like you did your workout and that's going to have to be good enough for today. Yeah. <laughs> um, which kind of leads us into what we're talking about today because that's a big shift from previous Jill. Um, so are you just going to give like a quick timeline of our lives as <laughs> people who work out? Um, so Jess, when would you consider like when you first started taking fitness seriously? Um, okay, so background, I was always an athlete, um, even as a tiny, a tiny human, I was always in competitive sport. But I won't say that that was like serious, because as a kid, I think that most of the time, it's still just fun. Um, but when I started to get serious was um, after I after I finished in the military, which if you don't know my story there, like ask me another time because that's a long story. But Jess has lived like I, five lives in case anyone knows. I forget sometimes. I'm so, like, remember that time Jess was in the military? So, so, okay. So I was in the military and in order to join the military, you have to do like fitness testing. Okay. And so I had to start running on purpose. Um, and I, just happened that I kind of liked it. Um, now running in the military really sucks because they just take you for a jog and you're in like the worst, like Walmart sweatsuit, cotton, everything. And I always picture, they don't just, so, just so you know, I picture like cadet Kelly when I picture you in the military. So <laughs> not like that at all. Um, Anyways, and so what the but the the worst part is they they're like we're going for a run, but we're not telling you how far or how long. You just have to keep up. Um, and you would think that that would really turn people off from exercising, but it didn't. Um, it really messes with your mental capacity, which is the point entirely. But after I left the military is when I started taking running and endurance sport more seriously. So I got into triathlon. Um, I did my first triathlon in 2007. Um, yeah, do the math. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. Um, I was and... still in uh, junior high when you were running your first triathlon. So. <laughs> And I was hooked. And so the tricky thing about triathlon is that there's always a race that's like bigger, longer, um, harder, you know, whatever. And so it was just like this rabbit hole of like, here we go. Now we're a triathlete. We're doing 5Ks. We're signing up for 10Ks. We are running on purpose. We're biking on purpose. We're swimming. Not really on purpose back then, but on purpose enough. Um, and I would say that was like kind of my start into taking fitness more seriously and learning what you would need to do in order to be successful at a fitness endeavor, if that's what we're considering taking fitness seriously. Okay. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, similar. I grew up playing sports. Uh, I would consider my last three years of basketball no longer sport for fun which is also why I stopped playing it because the fun left very quickly when I played for a team that recruited players and we traveled to the states and it was no longer 
for fun. It was very Mm -hmm. much for the purpose of winning. And that was about it, which turned me off of sport pretty quick, which was unfortunate because I did love basketball and I was good at it. And I had college offers and I said no because of my experience playing Mm -hmm. on said team. I was just like, absolutely not. I'm done with this sport. It is no longer fun for me. And that's what happens when you only compete and don't have any fun (laughs) in your sport. Um, And then I took like a break, I would say, well, kind of, I always worked out with my friends in like high school, very, you know, the like children you see in the gym now was me, which is funny because now I'm like, oh, the youth are here. But like, that was me one day. And then honestly, even when I was at Nate doing my personal training, because the timeline for everyone, I graduated high school in 2015 and started at Nate also in 2015. So I went straight to Nate out of high school. And even when I was at Nate doing my personal training, I was just kind of like messing around in the gym. I would actually say when I actually started taking it seriously would have been um, I started dating a guy who was bodybuilding and he was just kind of like, what do you mean you work out with no goal? Like you're just here doing random stuff. Like, what do you mean? Um, so he was the first person to kind of like get me to set a goal with my training. Was it healthy or in the best way? No, but it got me focused on like, hey, I'm training for this mm-hmm. versus just being in the gym. Um So yeah, that's probably when I went from just like being in the gym, doing random stuff to actually having like a structure and a purpose there. Yeah. And I would even say like for me back then, I didn't have a lot of structure with my training. I was like, oh, my race has a 500 meter swim, a 20K bike and a 5K run. I'll make sure I can do all of those things a couple yeah. times and we're good. <laughs> it wasn't until much later when, that I actually started following plans and things like that. But, you know, that's okay. Yeah. I think my goals when I first started taking it seriously was very, and this is not to bash anyone's goals, but it was a classic like, oh, I want a bigger butt and a smaller stomach. Like it was nothing revolutionary or crazy, but I did have a structured program where it was like, legs twice a week and a push and a pull and a blip like I had a very structured program um and my next question for both of us was going to be do you feel like you approached it in the proper way um mine's a hard no in case anyone's surprised I went from just like being in the gym working out for enjoyment to dating a bodybuilder working out seven days a week for like two hours plus like 30 minutes of cardio every day um you would have found me in the gym from 9 p.m to 11 p.m every single day um and just kind of hard leaned into like the bodybuilding physique world without needing to because i wasn't competing and was never planning to so not sure what i was doing over there but we did it anyway (laughs) (laughs) um I, back then, I only could do with what I knew, right? And uh, it was also a time when, like, the information wasn't as easily accessible. Like, yes, there was internet, but I also, like, lived on an acreage, and I still had dial-up for, like, the longest time. So um, I wasn't following, like, a plan. So could it have been better? Absolutely. 
Was I overdoing it in any way? No, absolutely not. Was I underdoing it? Yes. Um, and from what I know now, I could have been so much more effective or better at the sport that I ended up doing for 10 years um, than I was initially. But I think that that happens to a lot of endurance athletes. You get into it almost accidentally and you're like, oh, I could be so much more effective at this. But I also wasn't training with anybody at that time. And I think that's where um, things really started to change is when I moved home in 2009, I joined like the triathlon club and I started going to swim training with a group and I started biking with a group and I started going to run intervals with a group. So that was a huge change because I was around people who knew what they were doing. Um, so you could kind of gather information and then decide what you were going to do from there. So. Yeah, I think it's funny to like listen to our timelines because they're like so You're like, what was I doing? <laughs> 2009, <laughs> I was. But I just think it's interesting to see like even the difference in years of the difference of like what we were up to because I think for me it makes perfect sense for me to accidentally fall into the physique bodybuilding world because five ooh, almost like eight years ago now that was the fitness industry you were either mm -hmm. like doing yeah. a sport or you were shredded, and, and there was very few in between. and i would say you said it was 2015 yeah yeah so 20 2013 2014 i was still working at a commercial gym as a trainer by that point and almost everybody on staff was in some sort of a bodybuilding phase it was like the thing to do yeah. um, which is funny because i'll always remember somebody who was really into it who had like constant like adrenal fatigue and things like that one time said to me yeah you would actually be so good at this because you're like super tall and lean and all you'd have to do is just lean out a little bit. I actually considered it for half a second and then thought, no, I don't, I don't want to do a sport where somebody judges me based on how I look. That mm -hmm. just does not resonate. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's it. Like, I think it makes perfect sense for me to accidentally fall into that world without ever having intent of like committing to it. Cause that's what the fitness industry was like I feel like it mm -hmm. was either, you were there doing like the most random collection of workouts or you were doing a sport or you were competing there yeah. wasn't like powerlifting wasn't as big or at least in my circle no. in, like powerlifting wasn't as big um training for sport wasn't as big like it was just like yeah training for life wasn't really a thing. It was like, are you shredded or are you like doing random shit? And it was no in between. And my boyfriend, his best friend competed and my best friend was training to compete. So that was my circle. Yeah. And I was like, well, I don't want to step on stage, but I guess I'll just train the same way you guys did. Like I remember my lunch literally used to be plain chicken, half a cup of rice and a quarter of an avocado. Like that was my standard of a meal carbs um, protein fat 
<laughs> yeah, and like quick, all easy digestion, quick, yeah. like nothing's lingering too long. Sugar-free everything. I literally use like the Walden Farms, like salad dressings and maple syrups. And yeah, I lived and ate like a bodybuilder, but didn't ever step on stage. It definitely didn't look like one because I did not put in any of the proper prep work and also didn't really take it that seriously like if I didn't want mm-hmm. to do video, I wouldn't but um yeah that was my life and I which turned into doing that for like four years plus being a full-time in-person trainer and teaching group classes and like training people for eight to ten hours a day is a workout in itself and then mm-hmm. I would teach like a couple group classes. This was pre me and Jess meeting. I would teach like a couple group classes in the evening at a different gym. And then I would go and do my own like two hour workout. And then the next morning I was back at the YMCA Castle Downs at 7 a.m. to do it all over again. So I basically just moved for like 14 hours a day. Um, Didn't eat nearly enough. I weighed 125 pounds, if anyone wants a point of reference of how little Jill was. Um, And I look back now and I'm just like, why? Why did I think doing everything every day, like all of it, all the time, every single day was going to get me to where I wanted to be? Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think I always say to trainers, like, if you don't look back on what you used to do or programs you used to write and give to clients and you don't cringe, you're not doing it right. Everybody evolves and we learn things all the time and we change our habits and our clients' habits and the way that we coach. And if you're not improving, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Very cringy. And- <laughs> It was just like an interesting, I look back on living that life and it was just an interesting life to live without wanting the end result. Like you would think, Mm -hmm. obviously my brain knew that wasn't the right fit for me because I never committed. Like I never like signed up for a show or fully did it. I just like trained and ate that way without actually getting the end result everyone else was getting. So I think it's interesting that I never fully committed but then that turned into me going back to like doing random things for like a good year year and a half because I just got again so turned off from the gym that I went from a hundred to zero and would work out every once in a while or hop into a group class or go to a yoga class or spin class which I don't think there's anything wrong with having many modalities of training but I basically reverted back to not having a goal doing random things just like moving my body which again there's nothing wrong with it but there was no no purpose or goal I just like was a personal trainer who knew I needed to work out so I just picked whatever I was feeling that day and rolled with it (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, well, for me, the the demise of triathlon uh, sort of started in 2015, 2016, when I decided I was going to qualify for long distance world championships, which it's a race that is longer than a half Ironman, but shorter than a full Ironman. So it's a 3K swim, a 
120 kilometer bike and then a 30 kilometer run. So it's intense. Um, and to do that, I had to qualify. So therefore I had to do that distance and then do it again the next year. So it was like a three year process. And as we got to 2017, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's too time consuming. I am injured all the time. I'm tired all the time. If you had asked me, like if you saw me back then and you were like, Jess, how are you? I'd say tired. And it's the kind of commitment that you prioritize, obviously, right? You're spending lots of money. You really want something to happen. And I was waking up at, to swim with my group three times a week. Swim started at 6 a.m. So my day started at 5. I was going to track workouts at, at 6 a.m. one day a week. I was doing long rides and long runs on the weekends and fitting in everything else in between and training or working at the physio clinic when I, that was kind of in a transition phase too. So I was on my feet all day and on my feet, all my sport, except for swimming, which was really early in the morning mm -hmm. and yeah, like running myself ragged. So yeah, duh, I was like feeling injured and tired and you know, like nobody wants to, you don't want to like, miss family gatherings because you're out on your bike or you're like or you're like oh I'll just ride there and I'll meet you there like it's just I look back and I'm like man I was so lame and boring I had no fun <laughs> I like see I think it's and this is interesting because we took such different routes but ended up in the same spot like yeah. I was eating before family dinners and then not eating at family dinners because I'm like right. oh it's not going to be chicken and rice and avocado. I was like, yeah, sorry, I have to leave this dinner early because it's 8 p.m. and I need to go to the gym for two and a half hours. So we took different routes, but ended up yeah. <laughs> at the same and, point. And truly, when I gave up triathlon, I didn't really give up endurance sport because I got into cycling which although I was riding shorter distances, it's still an endurance sport. Although I did start lifting after like in like over the winter, 2017, 2018. Um, and I actually hired a personal trainer and was like, I need to get strong. I know I'm a trainer, but I need you get me strong. That was literally like his assignment. And he was like, I'm not really a cycling coach. And I was like, I don't need you to teach me how to ride my bike. I can do that. And then I was like, he's like, okay, cool. Like understood. Um, so I didn't really give, I gave up running and swimming mm -hmm. for a period of time and then just got into cycling, but also like balls deep into cycling. Like I was like racing almost every weekend and like trying to get upgrade points and upgrading. And then I ended up in 2019 racing elite, which sucks if you're, over 25 because you're racing against 18 year olds who are going on like the Canadian development team and things like that. And you're like, um, could be a mom. <laughs> um, and, and then you just don't have anywhere else to go. And so that's kind of when I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess I can keep trying to race elite or I can, I don't know. And I was kind of lost, but luckily 2020 happened and I didn't have to make that choice because there was no bike racing to be had. 
we love and the, the small perks of and, 2020. And it just kind of opened my eyes, and I was like, "Hey, like maybe maybe I'll start jogging again because that's something I can do on my own." Um, you know, and so like full circle, I was like, "Hey, like I'm gonna keep up strength training. That's something I like." Um, but maybe bike racing just like isn't it anymore. And that doesn't include cycle cross or mountain bikes. So before you come at me with you still bike race, not as serious as I used to. You have no idea. Um, so yeah. What's your next question? <laughs> um, I think we kind of answered it. It was like okay. what what's different now versus then? And <clears throat> yeah, I think you probably hit your breaking point before we met. You would have met me yeah. right at my worst. Yeah. I'll confidently say that Jess knew me at my worst. I was a disaster when we first met. Like I remember our, the studio we worked at our in-house massage therapist, which Pam, bless her soul. She's still a massage therapist. I think her business name is Soulful Touch. If anyone's She's also an osteopath, isn't she? Yep. If anyone's in the Yeg area and needs an osteopath massage therapist, um, I believe she's out of Raise the Bar Shirt Park still. So if anyone. Oh, yeah, you know what? She is because I saw her there when I went and did an Olympic lifting session with Mel. This is a plug for <laughs> Pam because I love her. And she was the one who really like pulled me out of my slump because cool. I remember she was, she was giving me, yeah, Jess would have met me at, we were not doing well in many aspects yeah. of my life. Uh, <laughs> I remember I got a massage from her and she was like, something needs to give and looked me dead in the eyes and she's like i don't really care what it is but like something needs to give because she's like you come for massage with me every single week and your entire body is like a rock like i was at the point where my feet would fall asleep standing up while i was training clients because my muscles were so tight and just like couldn't and it wasn't even an overtraining thing it was a mental load thing yeah so then I pieced out Girl Scout from my relationship and shocking, life got better for Jill. Crazy. Um, but that was kind of my breaking point of like, I was doing IMS for my feet falling asleep and I was going to physio and I was getting yeah. a massage every week and I wasn't even training hard to be having all these issues. Um, like I'd kind of lost my groove with fitness anyways. And then that was when I was like, we need to restructure my life and we need to like re rethink about why we're training, what reason we want to be training and what we want that to look like to feel the way we want to, because for the amount of training I was doing and the way I was eating, I should have been the most shredded person you've ever met. And I didn't confidently tell you I was not. (laughs) So um, I think like now versus then it's just, wanting different things and also doing it for myself. I had a conversation with a client the other day about how she had a trainer in the past, but similar situation. She was in a not great relationship. Sure. She did it more for her boyfriend than for her. Mm. And I think when you kind of get sucked into those moments of like, Oh my God, these goals aren't even for me. That's when something needs to change. And like now I'm in a fat because I want to see the muscles I've built and the strength I've been mm-hmm. putting. I want to be strong. I want to climb mountains. I want to rollerblade and bike and run and do all these things without having to worry. Um, and it's not just about how I look anymore, yeah. but 
the which is always how life works when you stop caring so much about the thing you think you need or want it usually happens for you anyways like i think i look stronger than i ever had and i care less about how i look now than i ever did so (laughs) yeah for for me i think what it came down to was like ultimately why are you doing this like what is the end goal here and the thing is is there's a point in endurance sport where you there's no further race to go there's no i was already racing elite and cycling what was i gonna do like there's no like was i gonna go to masters nationals i don't know that was maybe something that i thought i might do but at the same time i was like but why why do you care about this and the truth is i was like i I don't know that I do. And one thing that COVID really did for me was taking away the competition. And I was like, hmm, you know what? I don't actually need competition in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. I just, because there wasn't any, I was like, oh, this is fine. I can ride my bike just to ride my bike. I can just, you know, ride with a friend or I can just ride my bike to the coffee shop or I can just run to be healthy or I can just lift to have fun. And then, you know, in the middle of sort of 2020, I started going to CrossFit just to do something different. And I ended up having a great couple years and a really good prenatal experience with exercise. And even though you can be competitive with CrossFit, I was just like, I I was already at the point where I was like, competition, who is she? Mm -hmm. Um, And even though like, I've, you know, like I I did a race last year and I had like a time goal. That was a goal against myself. It had nothing to do with the other people in the race. Although I did get third female. So there's that. (laughs) If we are paying attention to it. It didn't have anything to do with my result with those people. I had something that I needed to do or wanted to do for me. And that was it. And it was just like, like, thank you. Shout out COVID for being the catalyst to make just be like i don't need to be competitive at sport i don't need to i don't need to stress about missing workouts i don't need to if i'm doing something on the same weekend that there's a race oh well like it doesn't bother me anymore and in the past it would have i would have been like oh we can't do that that weekend because race or like i'm gonna toss up what am i gonna do now i'm just like eh, if it works out so and to your, what you just said about everything kind of working out better when you don't care. So return to to cross, cycle cross, not CrossFit. So you know the weird, crazy cycling that I do in the fall. And I had zero expectations this year because postpartum and like, I wasn't, I'm not sleeping through the night and like, who knows where I'm at? And these other girls, like who knows what they've been doing? They raced last year, I didn't. And look who was on the podium in almost every race she did mm-hmm. this girl and everyone was like how did you do it and i was like i don't know i and just i just know how to ride a bike like i yeah. like, wow. right and and i was like cool yeah i made it on the podium i got some free beer this is super fun but i was like i don't need this to you know feel like i've done something or like for my ego or whatever. Like I just didn't need it anymore. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. I think it's cool to see that shift in both of us from like the 
athlete, the athlete competitiveness that is very mm-hmm. much against other people. Like that literally yeah. is the base of sport is be better than the people you're playing against yeah. to be able to like take that and put it towards yourself instead. And I think that's why like, pulling in my workouts from this week like that's why that frustration will still come up in me when lifts don't go the way I want them to because mm-hmm. that competitiveness still exists in us but it's not like when I was working out two and a half hours a day it was to look better than the other people in the gym and now when I get frustrated that my lifts don't go as planned it's because I know I have more in me and that's a completely different field of like competition and purpose yeah. in your workouts when it's towards yourself versus the people around you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, don't get me wrong. When the whistle goes off at a race, I'm like, I'm in it, right? Yeah. My competitiveness comes out, but at the same time, the results of the effort I put in, like, the results on paper doesn't really affect me as much as me saying, Hey, I had a really great race today. Mm-hmm. Um, or I was really proud of the way that I rode, or I, you know, my goal was to ride the course really clean and I did that and yeah, cool. I got second place. That was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, or to be able to like kind of chat and joke around with the other riders rather than just seeing them as competitors. Um, that's kind of cool too. Cause like they're actually nice humans. Shout out to anybody I race with if you listen. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just cool to see how your kind of journey with fitness yeah. evolves and changes. So if you're listening right now, being like at any phase of me or Jess's life where you're like, oh my God, that's where I am right now. I promise you, you'll figure it out. Probably yeah. if I would have had a coach that wasn't my bodybuilding boyfriend, I would have figured it out a little quicker, but such Maybe. is if so. I mean, coaches, supports are there for you, but you will figure out what health and fitness looks like and feels like to you. And it's probably going to change. If you ask us this question again in five more years, we'll probably be like, oh, remember that time I was doing that and now I'm doing this? Like, yeah, supposed to change and evolve and grow with you. But I think all phases of health and fitness journeys are learning opportunities and reflection moments and they're there for a reason whether we look back and be like oh my god why did I do that or not (laughs) yeah and they make you who you are right like no regrets about um being a triathlete although I can I can now look at some people that I know and be like ooh, (laughs) cringe um but also know that like I was also very cringy back then. And I was going to say, especially as like a coach, like I don't regret, well, no, I don't regret how I approached it, but I think it's helpful as a coach when people come to me and they're like, this is my plan. And you're like, that's actually terrible plan. Like that TikTok sound. I have a plan. I hear your plan, but it sucks. So let me make the plan and maybe it'll actually be good. Like that's, yeah. In the most loving way when people come to me and they're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day for two and a half hours. I'm like, yeah, it's a terrible and plan. As, Here's why. <laughs> as, as much as, um, you know, having a coaching education is really important. It is important that coaches have experience with mm-hmm. different types of modalities of fitness um, to be like, well, I know how you're feeling. I've been where you're at. 
um, even when I'm coaching my runners and saying like, hey, FYI, not every run feels great. I know this because I run and not all my runs feel great. But just so you know, when you're feeling like shit and you're like, I want to quit running, you're about to PR. That's that's what's going to happen. It happens with weightlifting too. You're about to PR. So stick with it, Jill, because you're about to PR. I'll keep you guys updated next week when I get back to my leg workout, if we've had progress in the next couple of weeks, which I know, I know I will, but yeah, it's that experience is needed. Yeah. And um, yeah, don't be scared to share your frustrations with your coach or the people around you or whatever. Yeah. Um, And I think something that's really helpful too now is we've kind of gotten away from commenting on people's bodies in general too um because I know that was a big thing for me way back was like getting people to notice that I was like lean yeah. and all these things so that's not nearly as important to me anymore because nobody's probably gonna say it anyways <laughs> unless I'm the one like if you talk about what you're working towards and people notice it cool but it's not gonna be as often that people are just like oh my god you look really lean like that doesn't really happen as much anymore (laughs) so yeah we're seeing a big shift in in that kind of thing so you don't you're not getting the external validation that once drove you yeah but if you guys like i said are listening and being like oh my god i'm there right now or i have been there or how do i get out of this phase or slump or whatever leave us a voicemail if you want send us a dm whatever you're most comfortable with um we hope this gave you guys some perspective on just knowing that not everyone started where they are now and it took many tries most of the time to get to where you want to be a hundred percent and know that you you can change what kind of athlete you are if you truly want to or are forced to and if you're feeling like you are a uh an endurance athlete that is I'm trying to think of the word um high strung (laughs) or (laughs) if you're riding um, the struggle bus currently (laughs) yeah or if you're just really uh if everything is giving you massive anxiety it doesn't always have to be that way because I was that athlete and I'm not anymore I just don't care anymore um but if you want to share us something that's going on with you feel free send us a dm to the pod instagram at lattes lifting podcast over on the gram leave us a voice memo we love those if you're looking for uh endurance stuff um i'm your gal at jlac fitness and if you're looking for jill you can find her at coach jill dot april on good old tiktok and instagram Uh, that's it for us. Hope you guys enjoyed. Bye.